in the name of Christ, where we discuss true crime and simply compare it to how Christians are supposed to act. Because we all should know if you mix true crime and Christianity together, you already know it's something terrible, but probably worth something leaning over and listening to. Today I'm joined by my fellow podcast mates, Julia. Hi. Nadia. Howdy. And Seth. Hello. Alright, so last episode we talked about Gary Ridgway. It was quite an experience. Green River Killer. Green River Killer. 82 IQ. So, we talked about Gary Ridgway and his unusually large amount of victims. Alright. And it kind of ended off on a somewhat, somewhat sour note. But today's topic, as kind of mentioned before, previously on the last episode, we are going to be talking about this woman who is known for converting a person's dead body to bars of soap and tea cakes. And her name is Leonardo Cianciulli. I don't know if you... I don't know if I pronounced that, that correctly. Right? It's okay, it. you tried your best. I tried. And yeah, it's Cianciulli. Cianciulli. We try pronouncing it. It's Italian. It's so. Italian. The, the C would be a ch sound. So yeah, that's right. Okay. So... She put dead body into her cakes and uh, soap. Yeah, essentially. Literally taking the definition of body soap to a whole other level. Oh my god. Oh <laughs> my god. I mean, you know, when she does that, when she does that, you know, at least she's like resourceful. Okay, well, not. She may be resourceful, but she's not entirely like. Moral, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, they were dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd she do it? Oh well, I think we all should know that, like, you know, animal fats can be converted to like material. Yeah, like material. Like, well, then, um, yeah, she just did that. Oil, just oh. taking that same method, but with a dead body and they're fat. That's fun. Oh, so, that's super messy. Fun. Not gonna lie. But you before we get into, I know. He's literally just cutting, cutting up like a dead body, and just step, step. just you, you melting. You it. do what you gotta do. It is what it is. It is I what it is. It is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. But how did she did get she- to? killing these people where she was today where is she today and how did it lead up to those events so leonardo cianciulli aka the soap maker of or the soap maker of correggio i don't know if i pronounced that correctly uh, let me see what it is uh we get to roll the r correggio i'm kind of unrelated but in italian when there's two of the same uh, syllable, there's kind of a stop in between. So it would be Correggio. Like, Correggio. Like, pronounce the R. I'm not going to try. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not Italian. I'm not good at Italian either. Correggio. But yeah, so, unlike Gary Ridgway, um, who had 49 plus skills, she only killed three women. 
I'm starting to see a pattern with the women victim situation, honestly. <laughs> women I mean, are weak. I think that's just... I, I think that just aligns with the way that society like views women as a whole community itself, though. Even that's true. A woman themselves, you know, physically, women are weaker. Mm. Yeah. Therefore, I make them easier victims. Right. And Did she, like, kill the woman intentionally to make the soap in the cake? Or, like, was imagine. it like a, oh, I killed you. My, I need to hide the body. I'll just put you uh, in some grub. And that's what we're going to talk about today's uh, episode. So, let's just get into, like, the little origins of... The serial killer. So, she was born on April 18th, 1893. So, this was kind of far back. Way far back. Oh, yeah, that's real. Oof, wow, this is far away. She's kind of old. Haha, old. Oh, Lord. Old. But she was born in Correggio, and that's where all three murders take place as well, I think. It was between 1939 to 1940. So she only had... She had a really, really short time to, like, kill all these people. Unlike Gary. Who took, like, almost 20 years. He did kill, like, a lot of people. She had killed three within a year. That's kind of terrifying overall. Killing people is terrifying already. Hurting people in general is kind of terrifying. I mean, isn't that what we're here to talk about, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, Leonardo Cianciulli was actually um, a mistake child. She was a child of a rape victim. And because her mother was, you know, raped, she was forced to marriage with her rapist. And from there, uh, from a young age... With the rapist? Yeah. Oh. So you can already imagine her origin story. It's going to be terrible. Yikes. Right. So, at a young age, her father was kind of absent from her life, and she uh, lost her father. And she grew up, he was born and grew up in poverty. So you can already imagine how hard it already was. And... Her mother was kind of forceful on her. She she just didn't like her. Because right. she didn't really have much of a relationship with her anyways. She was raped. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Right, and you know, she, she was just really neglectful and just kind of harsh on her. Like, she once told her that she was cursed by the devil. Which, later in life, she was convinced that she actually was. Oh, what great influence. Right. But, you know, because, like, how she was, you know, abused and how she was, you know, raised, she just lived, like, just like a bunch of nerves. And she attempted to commit suicide twice when she was a young teenager. So you can already imagine how how rough it is already for her before she even can get to killing. Yeah. Yeah, Already went downhill. Already, it already yeah. went downhill. It's starting to sound a lot worse than Gary. Well, this is also in the 1800s. That's true. 
So she lost her father at a young age, and when her mother remarried, it still didn't really help with their financial situation. She still grew up in poverty, and they still struggled. So when she grew up, and she was still pretty young, she was mashed up to, like, a wealthy man. And, you know, this was, like, an opportunity for her family to get out of debt or poverty. Poverty. Right. But she denied. She married someone else. Oh, and, dang. Yeah. The, ooh, love story. No. <laughs> it's like oh, 200s. Come on. But she was just messed up, and she just denied him, and she married someone else, which her family wasn't the most proud of. Um, As any 1800s get out of poverty through your daughter, and she says, no, I feel like I would be also disappointed, too. Yeah, I guess. I can, <laughs> I can see it. I can, yeah, you can see it from both perspectives, you know? Right. After she was married, um, she actually ended up having 17 pregnancies during her marriage. Oh and, my god. But, yeah, that but... Is, that's terrifying. But despite having 17 pregnancies during her marriage, she lost 13 of her children. Three of them... Th- oh! Yeah. Three of her children uh, were lost because due to mar- miscarriage... And 10 of them died before even the age of 10. So you can already imagine that with the four, re- ma- four remaining children, she just they're kind of. Yeah, they're very important. Stuff. She's very protective. No, I gotta protect them. They're mine. Because if. Lord knows, if something happens, she knows that she will just be very disappointed in herself. Yeah. So, from a young age. Do? You know, she already had the influence of her mother just being really harsh on her and saying she was cursed by the devil. And from that, she kind of just feels like the need to seek guidance or help. She always had, like, an interest in, like, communicating with spirits or being engaged in palm reading or fortune telling. Uh, She believed, like, it just led to her to believe that she actually may be cursed. And one time, she went to a fortune teller. And she, the fortune teller read her palms and said, In your right hand, I see prison. In your left hand, I see a criminal asylum. So, oh, that's, could, that's reassuring. Oh, that's reassuring. Oh, look at that. How lovely. Uh, Again, it's all pulling together. <laughs> let's see if it came true. Oh, no. I wonder. I wonder. We did. Hmm. But, you know, she wasn't, you know, in a in empathetic or she wasn't like just you know kind of like emotionless she was really kind and caring considerate of of like others and actually during her marriage when she moved to like a, another city or town her neighbors generally generally liked her and they some of the parents and some people in her neighborhood would come to her house or this shop that she opened the shop, like just sold like baked goods and tea. Oh. Yeah, because you know who could doubt this nice lady? But they're just like they would come to her shop and just you know drink tea, ask for advice, and she'd just always be there to give advice. So, but it's gonna take a really, really 
blunt turn to this whole like oh the sweet old lady around the corner with her tea shop into something kind of gruesome so I wouldn't say she's super super religious but she's you know again she's very obsessed or kind of wrapping her head around you know fortune telling palm readings whatnot and so she began killing because like not only she believed she was inherently evil but because she also believed she was cursed you know everything's pulling together from her childhood and in order yeah just in order to keep her kids alive for her four remaining children she had to prepare a few sacrifices. <laughs> like any good parent would. Like any yeah. good parent would. You know, if you don't sacrifice a few people for your kids, then you're just not a good parent. You're not a yeah. good parent. Absolutely. You heard it here first. I don't know how you pronounce this boy's name, but her eldest and favorite son, just uh, Pepe. No! <laughs> That's Giuseppe. 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 Yeah, Giuseppe. 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 Um, her eldest and favorite son, Giuseppe, joined the Italian army and was about to join the battlefield of Europe. So obviously, you worried for his health, and she does not want him to die. She absolutely has- not. Absolutely not. You lost 13 of them. My little baby boy, he cannot die. Therefore, I'm going to sacrifice others. What an adoring mother. So the first victim, her name was Faustina Seti. And Faustina was just a woman who, she was like a regular uh, to Chianchuli's tea shop. But she came over to her tea shop one time to find herself a husband. Because again, people are just really reliable and they're just, just so attached to the fact that you have to get married. Faustina just came to Chiocholi to find herself a husband. Now, Leonardo informed of her that there would be like a partner in Pola, like another town, another city, somewhere else. And she said, like, hey. Wait, is she the matchmaker? Apparently, oh, she's she the matchmaker. Here. She, this is filler in uh, the room. Uh, I see. Basically, she told her, hey, there's a suitable partner for you. He would adore you. You guys can have a happy marriage. And he's in Pola. And then she convinced her to tell nobody of the news. And she told Faustina to write the letters and postcards to her relatives and friends and whatnot. And these letters would be mailed out once she reached to Pola to inform everything and everyone that everything was fine. Yeah, you already know it's, uh, what's up. That's the best way to oh, absolutely body. That's the only way to inform everybody. You know, just to wait. Take notes. But on the day of her departure, when she's supposed to go to Pola, she visits Chianchuli again, say her last goodbye, and like thank her. It's like thank you for thank you so much for hooking me up with someone and like what not. So. She visit Chianchuli, and she offered her a glass of wine, which ended up being drugged. 
killed dragged Makes her body, sense. killed her with an axe, dragged her body into a closet, and she cut the body into nine parts and collected the blood in a basin. Now gods. I'm gonna pull this up real quick. So from her diary, she kind of describes how brutal and gruesome this death was. And she she describes it in, like, really unusual details. So I'm going to read this from um, her diary. I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred a whole mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it had congelated, dried it in the oven, ground it and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs, as well as a bit of margarine, kneading all of the ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit. Though so, oh, Giuseppe and mm-hmm. I also ate them. Not only Not. did she just serve these cakes, she ate them herself. And she had her son eat them too. Some people said that Leonardo received Seti's or Faustina's life savings, which was 30,000 lire as a payment for her services. And, you know, bluntly transitioning to the second victim. Her name was... Second victim. Uh, Francesca Soave. I don't think you pronounce the I at the end. There's there's an I no, after Lavi. her last name. You, you pronounce the I at the end. Sawavi? Yeah. yeah, it's um No, Sawavi. Sawavi. You pronounce Sawavi. Yeah. You have to raise it on the A. Yeah, it's actually how it works. And it's how you you're supposed to like not you're supposed to pronounce both the vowels, but you do have to like mostly pronounce the second one. Hmm. I'm just not good at Italian. This is why I don't take Italian classes. I mean, it's mostly easy for me because, you know, Spanish. I, well, I'm taking Spanish yeah. too. But, like, I just, no. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Anyways, carrying on. Chianchuli, she claimed to have found Francesca uh, a job at a school, like, all-girls school. And Uh-oh. it's the same method as her first victim. You know, like, she would have to send out mail to, like, her friends and family, encouraging them that everything is okay. And, but instead of being sent from Pola, it'd be sent from Com- from Correggio. And, you know, it's the same procedure of, like, how she came to visit Chianchuli on the last day of departure she gets drugged axed to somewhere dragged into the closet and you know with the same procedure this murder occurred the same like the same procedure same procedure i love it on september 5th 1940 three days before my birthday (laughs) nice so what else happened, like, to her? What else? Uh, well, just, like, the same thing as, like, the victim before, except that instead of 30,000 lire as payment for her services, it was just 3,000. 
And to our last victim, Virginia Chachiopo. Chachiopo? Chachiopo? I don't... Seth, I need help. Seth? Uh, So technically it's Gachiopo. Gachiopo. Because you always say the sound if there's an I. Okay. So it's Gachiopo. Gachiopo. And make sure to pronounce the P. It's Gachiopo. Gachiopo. Okay. Thank you, Seth, for helping me. So, Virginia Gachiopo was this former soprano. Uh, said to have sung at the La Scala Ballet Theater. So she already knows she got some really, you know, fancy. She got some bars. Mm, Nice. She got some fancy, marvelous reputation on her name. But she decided, you know what? I'm just gonna abandon my job singing as a for as a soprano at the theater. Terrible. You know. And just work as a secretary. Jiancho offered a job for her to work as a secretary um, in Florence. And she's like, oh, okay, nice. let's do it. The same procedure happens. Uh, thank you for the notes. I'm going to go in with like a last cup of tea. I got drugged. I got hit by an axe. I got dragged to the, dragged to the closet. She actually, you know, recorded all of, like all three murders, but in this one, it kind of had like a some sort of shift, and it just kind of seems ominous. So in her diary, she Ooh. wrote, "She ended up in a pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne, and after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some most acceptably creamy soap." I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, oh, too, no. were better. That woman was really sweet. Oh, but, like, no. did she put, she put the, like, the fat with the cologne in the cake? No, not no, in the no. cake. No, 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 it was no, just no, so. Was... I hope, I hope not. No, no. <laughs> it was just so. I, I think she only did the same thing with, like, the blood in the basin and what whatever for the cake, but there's no cologne hey. and soap in the cake. But yeah, yeah. the thing is, go and swap. I believe she was trying to go for a fourth victim until like things with the police started getting suspicious. Um, especially when there was like an uprising. Who um, uh, someone reported. Their missing sister, like Virginia Gachiopo's sister, yeah. and saying like, "Hey, she's missing." And the last person that she talked to was a woman named Leonardo, and everybody knew Leonardo on the block. On she the block. on the block. And oh yeah, that girl, that woman, yeah, she does. She's pretty weird. And Leonardo, like, she denied any accusations. When the police like, hey, you probably murdered someone. I'm just saying. And then she's like, no, no, I would never do such thing. But after the, after the cops, like, they're like, okay, if that's the case, we're going to accuse your son, um, Giuseppe. And um, after she felt kind of threatened or cornered, she did not want her son to be in jail. 
and possibly executed. Yeah. Preparing. And the whole thing was for her son. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. So feeling threatened that she would lose her son really, really quick. She just confessed everything right on the spot. Even the soap and cake bit. Oh, mm. nice. I, I she just really loyal to her son. Imagine the trauma you like just hearing that instantly, like, whoa, whoa, whoa there. Hold Wait on. a minute, it's mom. Literally like it's like I did it for you, so you don't be mad at me. Okay, He's take so it back. <laughs> like <laughs> What happened that to she mother confessed? would I be if I didn't do that? So after yeah, she but was what, what ended up happening to her? Yeah, so after she confessed, uh she was put on to trial for three days, roughly three days. I think it went on to four, but it was like three if you want round it. Hmm. But and then it was decided that she would spend 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. So you know how she went to the fortune teller and uh, she read her palm? She got both of them. She Double got both. Whammy. It, just, for, it just foretold her future. Yo! Get that crazy. fortune teller a higher pay! <laughs> Give the fortune teller a raise. Give that woman a raise. Yeah. And, um, during her years in the criminal asylum, she died there uh, from cerebral apoplexy, or in other words, she was internally bleeding. And after that, she just, she just gone. She died on, she died on October 15th, 1970 in a women's criminal asylum due to internal bleeding. And that was the tale yeah, I... of Leonardo Cianciulli. She had a fulfilled really life. I how to relate this to religion. This is, she straight up thought she was the devil. True. Yeah, yeah well, there, actually, there's no, no going well, about it. Like, well, I mean, like, yeah, kind of, but like... She thought the devil cursed her, I think. Yeah, and like, you know... Oh, yeah, that, yeah that, that's how it went. Yeah, I, I, think, I don't have any. No, she knows something really Yeah, but like something like common that happened in like the late or the like the early ages was people assumed that, that if you didn't early, like them, this was like the 1800s. Well, like, they're still pretty behind. Yeah, but you know, like if if you era. don't if you don't align. With someone's views, you are immediately considered cursed, and the devil is after you. Exactly, and yep, she didn't. She didn't really live like. I mean, she okay. I didn't want to say that she was like not having it rough because she committed. She tried to commit suicide twice when she was young. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, like, in the chat, like even though she was quote, stable for a while. It wasn't like she was doing too much. Yeah, yeah and I just believe that... Um, she's just, pretty bad. She's she, pretty horrible. She, That's wasn't, she wasn't a terrible person. Alright, she wasn't like Gary Ridgway, who at 16 oh, just stabbed the kid and said, How oh, I want to know what it was like. It's true, true, but it's also just like, my god, she's gruesome with how she killed people. Right. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I think also, you know, she wasn't really that close to her family when she was younger. So, like, um, when she's, like, older now, she has these children. They are her family. And she has to do good for them, right? Because her her own family didn't do good for her. So, Mm -hmm. naturally, it turned to a more extreme level of care, I suppose. Yeah, for her. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, that sounds about right. But oh. there was probably like no doubt that like being called cursed and having that fortune teller like traumatized her. She was just kind of influenced by like the people around her and what they told her. She just convinced herself that it was all true. It kind of led her up to like doing all these things, and you know, blaming it on what people have told her already. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Like, Thanks for making a popular. Cause she she justified her actions by saying she was cursed, when it could just not be true at all. She just did it. She just has some yeah. sort of other intentions. I think she's also the kind of person who's very like set on their goals and doesn't really like diverge from them. Cause like you know. People wouldn't want to go through the effort to like you know, make whole like cakes and soap for people. So she was probably like creative and like smart enough to think it through and be like, I had to keep up this facade in order to succeed. And she doesn't really like falter at yeah, all. She's kind of obsessed with the idea. Of yeah, like the only reason that. why she didn't get away with it was because of like that sister reporting her she still had her goals still straight in her mind so she wasn't entirely like just like just doing it like eventually just doing it just because she was just she still had the goal of like i'm doing this for my son yeah her moral her morals were in the wrong place it's like true oh that's a good that's like the right idea but the way that was executed was just Wrong. Yeah, Good. and that's also it's been like a common theme throughout like the past two uh, cases that we talked about because you know they want to spread the word of God, they want to do good for their son. Both of them are tasks that should be good, but the way that they are carried out is not good. <laughs> yeah, and obviously that's just not how Christians are supposed to act. You know, oh, like yeah. what we just said before. You, they had like the right intentions, but like the way you can execute it can just be can interpreted in a completely different way. Like the way she kind of h- how she, you know, converted like these bodies into like bod- bar soaps and tea cakes. It could also influence other people and in being giving them a little sense or idea of being one with Christ or doing or like creating sacrifices and being resourceful about it All right before the wrong ideas yeah. of course i also don't th- i think because of the whole like curse and think when she was a kid it probably brought the whole element of sacrifice into her life because if it wasn't then you know she probably could have been like much better off yeah yeah i, I agree with that, that. Yeah. so in short the childhood that oh the childhoods of serial killers are normally depressing and make them Absolutely even terrible. more depressing. I I wouldn't imagine a serial killer 
you know, being originated with a very happy, happy life. Like, there has to be something yeah. that triggers or, like, originates whatever intentions they had. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, of course, of course. Any comments on the case? Or just the whole talk on in general? But, yeah. Good times, good times. It's literally becoming one with the body and soul. Eating other people's blood. As and I think that yuck. story was actually built off of another set of murders, too. So. Actually, I believe, I'm inclined to believe that you cannot taste the blood in the tea cakes. Because chocolate can, chocolate can cover up a lot of, like, stuff. Chocolate covers up a lot, but there would yeah, also be a somewhat irony taste to it. Yeah. Yeah, but people wouldn't really think about it. They would just say, like, oh, this is just unique. Mm, tasty. Her technique was just different. Iron. Mm. Mm. How did the blood not like? Oh, actually, no. It already clotted, right? Like when she like put it in the oven. Clotted. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. No, she t- takes the blood. Chunky blood. She takes the blood. She like dries Chunky. it. Right, like yeah. or it's clotted. Oh, and, and she, she dries it to powder. And she yeah, turns it to okay. powder and she incorporates. Yeah. 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 So that's it for our second episode regarding Leonardo Chinchilli. And our next and final episode is going to be talking about the chessboard killer. I'm going to leave it at that because it's a kind of in-depth conversation to have. But, yeah. We're going to say bye Bye. now. Bye! Thanks for having me. Bye! Bye! Remember to be good people.